Good morning, everybody. It's good to be back here again with us. Um, Father, I just pray, oh God, that Father, you would just use me. You would use me, Father, in whatever way you see fit, oh God. And Father, I pray, Lord, that the word I bring, Lord, would come from you, Lord, and not from me. Father, anything that's of me would just fall to the floor. But anything that's of you will resonate within the heart of your church. Yes. Yes, Amen. Amen. So this morning, um, the Mags and Andy, congratulations. <laughs> Great place. Um, this morning, the topic I'm speaking on is, are you in training? Um, and it's coming from the point that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians 9, um, verse 27. He says, But I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So what is Paul actually saying? Like, What does he really mean? Unfortunately, I need to go back and look at a few verses beforehand. So if we pick it up in um, chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians, and it's starting at verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. So they do it to obtain a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not to run aimlessly. I box in such a way as not to avoid hitting air. But I strictly discipline my body and I make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So Paul is speaking here to the church in Corinth and he's using an illustration and he's using a language that he knows that these people are actually going to get what he means. He's not saying stuff that goes over their head, but he's using stuff that he knows, yeah, I know what he's talking about. You see, Corinth hosted a lot of games um, and so the people that were there knew all about the games. They knew the rules of the games. They knew who took part in the games. They knew how to play the games. They knew the best way to train for the games. Um, they knew who the favourite was that was going to win the games. The people of Corinth would see the contestants out with their determination and their drive training because they wanted to win the prize. They would see the ones that wanted to win the prize out there in the training room giving everything that they could give. And because these games were such big events in Corinth, Paul uses it because he knows the people are actually going to get what I'm speaking about. Unless they were living under a rock, then they wouldn't know. But they all knew about these games because they were so big and they would have been all tuned in and excited to see who was going to win and would their favourite win. So Paul uses it as an illustration to bring the word of God to them. He uses the training of the contenders or of the competitors to say, look at how they train. And this is what it means that we should train like this, to live the life that Jesus has called us into. He speaks about preparing for the games and that if they're determined to put the training in, then we too should strive to reach for our goal. You see, our goal is the ultimate goal. And they had all different types of games that over in, uh, at this time. So they had wrestling, they had chariot racing, they had running, they had boxing, and then they had musical and poetry, which the women could enter. 
So the women weren't allowed to do the chariot racing. We weren't allowed to do the wrestling or the boxing or the running. We could only do music or we could only do poetry. Like, so unfair. I'm glad I wasn't back then, there back then. I don't think Katie would be impressed with that either. But anyway, in this part of scripture, Paul is speaking about running and about boxing. And he's using these two events to get his point across. You know, maybe Paul was a sporty person. Maybe he was into all the games. Maybe he trained. Maybe he took part. Or maybe he wasn't. Maybe he just went and watched the games. Maybe he was on the sidelines, caught up in the atmosphere, cheering them all on. But whatever reason, it was a very clever reason. Because he knew speaking in something that they were very, very interested in. Gripping them with the excitement of these contenders winning. And using that excitement to explain what it's like to walk with Jesus. That it's more exciting to walk with Jesus than it is to win these games. And here we are over 2,000 years later. And this encouragement is still very, very relevant for the church of today. You see, Paul lets us know that in order to win the prize that the athlete has to be disciplined in their training, in what they eat, in what they drink, in how they treat their bodies, in the amount of hours that they get to sleep. Um, they have to put in training, studying strategies, studying their opponent, studying what type of tactics they're going to use, knowing that their skill is found in the training room. And it's in the training room where their talents will grow and grow. They don't just turn up on the day and hope for the best. They don't just turn up to the race and think, oh, I'll get it now today. They don't just get into the ring and say, I'm going to box and I'm going to win today. Because they know that's not going to work for them. They put in commitment, they put in determination, and they put in all the training that they need. You see, the discipline that they have put in will make the stamina that they have last to continue to fight. The discipline and the stamina that they've built over the last number of days and weeks and months is going to stand for them now. John has three nephews, three brothers, and, and they broke um, a record because the three brothers were professional boxers and they all won championships. <coughs> I don't know. They, they all won... Yeah. They all won European championships at the same time, so they broke the record for three brothers to have these belts at the same time. But one of the brothers, um, Patrick, every time he got into box, we, we went to see him. Um, and I remember one of the fights that we went to see in the stadium. And he got into the ring and the atmosphere and the excitement was amazing. And 90 seconds later, the fight was over. I'm like, are you having a laugh? Like? <laughs> 90 seconds, the fight was over. He gave your man a punch and knocked him out. And that was it. And so Patrick always won in either fourth, second or third round. Yeah. He never went past that because he would knock them out. Um, and he had something like 38 wins and two losses or three losses or something like that over his career. But then he went professional and then he had to show them, no, I actually have the capability and I actually have the stamina to go the full 10 rounds. Because people never see him go the full 10, 12 rounds. People never seen him go the whole lot. They always seen him win the fight with a knockout. And just like these athletes, they had to put in this determination and this training that they could prove they could go these full, the full 10 rounds, or 12 rounds, sorry. You see, the athletes knew and they understood that for them to win, they had to put in practice. For them to win, they had to train hard. And it was the days and the weeks and the months beforehand 
where they put in the work and eventually they would win the race or they would win the fight and then it was the ultimate goal for them. It was like the icing on the cake. It was like the cherry on top for them. And just like us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we too need to be disciplined in our lives so we too can complete our race or our journey that we are on with the Lord. You see, in regards to the games in Corinth, or even in games today, Paul tells us there's only one winner. Only one person can take home the belt. Only one winner can take home the gold medal. When you see them up on four, second and third, you never see two people standing on the fourth spot. It's always one standing on one. There's a second one and the third one. They're never together. But you see, the thing about the race that we're in and the fight that we're in, there's no such thing as a four, second or third prize. You see, whoever follows Jesus will win the race. Whoever follows Jesus is guaranteed to get that ultimate prize and to hold up the belt. You see, Paul tells them that these competitors are winning to win just a wreath that's going to wither and fade away. But we know the prize that we're going to win is never going to fade away. You see, the prize that we're going to win is everlasting life. It's getting to walk on the streets of gold. It's getting to be in the presence of the Father. Our worship... Our prize is worshipping Jesus face to face. Like imagine seeing them face to face in the presence of the great cloud of witnesses that's already been gone there before us. We are standing there with them. That's our prize. Our prize is a life of hanging out with Jesus. <coughs> Just hanging out with him like he's your mate. Hanging out with your best friend. And when I think of that, I think of the scene in the act, um, the act, the scene in the film The Shack, where Mac and Jesus are sitting on the riverbank and they have their feet in the water and they're just sitting there chatting and then Jesus says, come on, we get up and run across. And they get up and they run and they're racing across the water. They're just two friends hanging out. They're just two friends having a great time and that's what I imagine heaven to be like. That when we get there, we're just great friends with Jesus hanging out. That the kids are just running around the field. Jesus is running after them, picking them up and swinging them around. Imagine how beautiful it would be. But thankfully for us as Christians, we don't have to get into the boxing ring physically. We don't have to get out and do a marathon physically to win our crown. It doesn't matter how much we can lift in the gym. It doesn't matter how fast we can run or how hard we can punch. And yet, it's good to look after your physical health. 1 Timothy 4.8 tells us, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So physical training, yeah, it's good for your mind, it's good for your body, but spiritual training, it's good for your heart, mind and soul. And it's much more beneficial for you. You see, a spiritual training is spending time with Jesus. It's getting to know him. It's getting to know the Father's heart. It's getting to be aware of how the Holy Spirit operates in their lives. It's getting to know the Father's heart towards other people. And this type of training will keep us both physically fit and healthy. And how do we do this training? Well, we go back to our five values. We go back to our five values that we are loved by God, we love the Lord, we love our neighbour, we love one another, and we love being a part of what God is doing in the world. Mm. And these values we put into practice, and that's our training. 
that we, we are praying, we're reading the word, we're being involved in church, we're being involved in weekly prayer meetings, we're living, loving each other, we're loving our neighbours, we're feeding the homeless, we're clothing the orphan, we're loving the widow, we're taking care of the sick and we're visiting the prisoner. Yeah. We're sharing communion, we're resting on the Sabbath, we're being hungry for more and more of God, wanting to know more and more about him. It's having a time of worship, just you and Jesus. It's looking forward to just sitting in his presence, not even saying anything, just sitting, knowing that he is sitting right there with you. Mm. Worship just playing in the background and him washing over you, filling you with his love. You see, verse 24 says, run in such a way that you may win. So Paul is encouraging the church, you need to run this race, determined to win. You need to run with your goal in sight. You need to run striving to get to the end of it. Don't just run for the fun of it. Don't just run because your friend is running and you think, oh, I'll run alongside them and have a bit of a laugh. But run knowing what the ultimate goal is. See, Paul is saying, don't be a half-hearted follower. Don't have one foot in and one foot out. Don't turn up when it suits you to turn up. Don't be just a person that fills up the seat. You're here in body, but that's it. He's saying, put the training in, put the effort in, even when you're tired, even when you're in a battle. Be all in, be fully committed to this life that Jesus has called us to. You see, to be spiritually disciplined, we have to push ourselves. We have to be like one of them athletes, and we have to push ourselves. I'm sure they say, I'm not in GM training today. But they know they have a fight at the end of the month. They know they have a race coming up. They have to train. And we need to be like that. Just like Patrick, we need to prove, no, here, hang on, I can actually go to full hog. I can go and compete this. You know, when you get a punch in the ribs, you take a deep breath, and you get back up, and you punch back even harder. When you're running and you're tired, you grab onto someone who's running with you, and you hold on to them for a few seconds till that second wind gets built up in you, and then you start to run again. You see, Jesus never told us that our Christian life is going to be easy. He never told us that's going to be a walk in the park. He never said like that old time, <coughs> I beg your pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. He actually tells us that there's going to be trials, there's yeah. going to be tribulations. You see, Luke 9:23 says, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Take up his cross daily you see it's a daily thing it's a daily thing that we have to do matthew 10 22 expect to be hated by all because of my name but be faithful to the end and you will experience life and deliverance expect to be hated expect to be slagged expect them to be talking about you because you're a christian because you love jesus but he says, be faithful to the end. Don't give up. Don't give up because you're tired and you're weary. Don't give up because they're slagging you. Don't give up because they've walked away. Keep going. You see, living for Jesus is not for the faint-hearted. It's not for the weak. Because it's going to be battles, it's going to be struggles. And Jesus is asking, are you in or are you out? Verse 26. Therefore, I run in such a way as not to run aimlessly. I box in such a way as not to avoid, as to avoid hitting air. So there's no running around like a headless chicken here for Paul. 
He knows he's called to proclaim the word of God. He knows he's called to preach the gospel. And he's going to do it faithfully no matter what happens. He's pursuing the prize. He's running after that goal. There's no shadow boxing here for Paul. Just boxing into air and nothing hitting back or hitting and trying to hit and missing all the time. There's no boxing blindfolded for Paul where he's just swinging and doesn't know what he's doing. It's not like he's playing pin the tail on the donkey where you're blindfolded and you don't know where you're putting it. Paul knows what he's doing and he's determined. He sees that prize at the end of that race and he is determined. His eyes are on Jesus. He has a determination inside of him. His eyes are fixed on the prize. There's no lukewarm for Paul. He's hot. He's hot, hot, hot to the touch. He's on fire for God. And he is going to complete this race to the very, very end. No matter what. No matter what they throw at him. No matter what they do to him. I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave. So that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So Paul is saying, yeah, look, life is hard. Life happens. Distractions come along. But make sure you put Jesus first. He's saying, I'm not going to preach one thing and do something else. He's saying, I'm not going to tell you to live this lifestyle if I'm not going to live it. Paul is saying, look guys, I put in the training. I put in the discipline, even when it's hard, even when I get beaten up, even when I get thrown into prison, I still preach Jesus. I'm still back inside the training room with Jesus. You see, just like an athlete, the race is over. They train for the next one. We preach, we get up, we share, we minister, go back into the training room and prepare for the next one. You see, Paul is saying, I refuse to take my eyes off the goal. I refuse to allow my life to be a life without Jesus. I refuse to allow how others treat me and speak about me affect my walk with Jesus. He says, every time I preach, every time I share, every time I lead someone to Christ, I'll go back into the training room, always learning, always depending on Jesus, knowing that I can't do this on my own, knowing that I have to be filled up, knowing that I have to be refreshed. You see, the danger for us Christians, we can think we can do it on our own. We can say, ah yeah, I've preached a few times now. Yeah, put me on the road, I'll be grand. That doesn't happen. Oh yeah, I've led the church. I've led communion. Yeah, yeah, just put me down, it's not a bother. I'll just grow up and do it, I'll walk in that Sunday and just do it, no bother. You see, the danger is we become cocky and we become proud and we think, that actually went all right, I can actually do that again. And we're actually saying to the Holy Spirit, no, I don't don't really need you. I'm all right up here on my own. See, the danger is when we put in a show and we put on this big presentation, but we're doing it all on our own. We're not doing it with the Holy Spirit. If you do it without the Holy Spirit, you might as well be up here talking about the alphabet, talking about all the different (coughs) letters. Because it's not going to mean a thing. It's like saying, it's okay, Jesus, I don't need you. I'll do this on my own. I'll win all of them. I don't need you. See, the danger is when we've been around the block for so many times. We can talk the talk. But do we actually walk the walk? How foolish we humans are. Paul says, I make my body the servant. And my inner man the master. 
So the spirit within me will tell my body what it's going to do. Matthew 26:41. Keep watching and praying so that you do not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, the flesh can be weak. We can get tired. Oh, I don't think I'll bother going to church today. I don't think I'll turn up to the prayer meeting this week. I'm too tired. Let someone else do it. And then next week comes, Asher, I missed last week. I might as well miss this week. And it goes on and on. Or else the flesh can get proudful and think, oh, I've got this. I've got this. I lead this church on my own. I don't need anybody's help. You see, Paul says, especially after I preach to others, I get back into the training room with Jesus. Every time he pours out a little bit, he goes back in to be refilled. So he's never empty. He never gets empty because every time he gives a little bit, he goes back to get it topped up. When he gives more, he goes back and gets it topped up. And that's the way we should be. Every time we preach, every time we sing praises, every time we lead someone to the Lord, every time we share with someone, every time we do something for God, we need to get back in and say, fill me back up so I can do this all again. You see, he says, I won't allow myself to become prideful or think I can do it on my own. I won't disqualify myself from reaching the end goal. I will depend on Jesus. I'll never think that I don't need any more training. You see, whether you're up preaching or proclaiming or sharing or worship, leading worship, whatever, in a stadium of 500 or doing it on a one-to-one, we need to know that we're doing it with the power of the Holy Spirit behind us. Whether you're in work sharing with a colleague, whether you're sharing with a family member, or you are actually just being the light in a dark place, that your actions are speaking louder than your words. You get back home, and you get back into the training room. You say, Jesus, fill me up. I just poured out, I need you to refill me. I'm not saying you have to spend five hours a day on your knees in prayer, because I don't. But what I am saying is we need to acknowledge him in every area of our life. You see, spiritual training brings us closer and closer to God. And without effort, nothing can be won in a sporting event. Without submitting to God, nothing will be won in the spiritual world. You know, Rob shared a couple of weeks ago when I was here about being sluggish and tired. And even this morning, and he said, I came to the conclusion, I have no other option. I have to turn to Jesus. Yeah. I have no other option. I have to turn to Jesus. And can I encourage you as a team of elders that we have given each other permission to call each other out. So if I am not walking with God properly or if I haven't been in spending time with Jesus and bearing up notice of something in me, I've given him permission to say, here Anna, you need to get back into that training ring because your attitude stinks or you ain't doing that under the power of God. And vice versa, as elders of the church, we've given ourselves permission to be accountable and called out on things. We have a group of home pastors that meet on a Tuesday night and it's the same thing. We've given each other permission where we can say, I think, I think you need to get back in there. Phil Wickham sings a song called The Battle. And one of the lines is, when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted, lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. You see, no matter what battle we're in, no matter what race we're in, no matter what boxing ring we're in, the battle is his. Amen. And we fight it on our knees. Mm. 
the song, Give Me Jesus, You Can Have All This World, Just Give Me Jesus. Remember, you're not alone on this journey or on this pursuit because Jesus is with you at all times. His Spirit empowers you. And the same Spirit that empowered Paul and gave Paul the ability to get up and do things for God is the same Spirit that's within us. Isn't that amazing? Here's one even better. The same Spirit that was in Jesus that helped him get through the Garden of Gethsemane is the same Spirit with us. The same Spirit that was with Jesus when he was in the wilderness and the devil tempted him is the same Spirit that's within us. The same Spirit that helped Jesus get up on that cross for us is the same Spirit that's in within us. And see, whatever he has done in us, he wants to do through us. You see, in Corinth, they trained and they ran for a wreath or a medal that will wither and rot. Something that had no real value. But see, we run for a price with an everlasting life with Jesus in the kingdom. Something that costs God everything. Being in the training room with Jesus should be as natural as getting up in the morning and washing your face. But it's not always that way. And that's why Paul says, I discipline myself. I make my body a slave to get in to meet Jesus. You know, Pastor Noel always says this. He has said this numerous times. He says, if I don't spend one day with Jesus, I will know. If I don't spend three days with Jesus, Sharon will know. And if I don't spend a week with Jesus, the whole church will know. You see, we need to be constantly getting back in and getting filled up and being with Jesus. We're all in this race together. We're all at this boxing match together. The start of the scripture says, do you not know that those who run in the race all run? We all run. So it's not just the pastors or the preachers or the worship leaders or the meeting leaders or those that are doing stuff in the church. It's all. We are all running this race together. And all of us need to discipline ourselves of getting back into the training room, be refilled and refreshed by him, being empowered by him to carry on until we reach our final goal. You see, you can't run on empty. It's like your car. If you have no diesel or petrol in your car, you won't go anywhere. You can get into your car, you can put the key in, you can put your seatbelt on, you can even turn your radio on, but you are not leaving that parking spot if you don't have petrol to move you. You need petrol to empower that car to move. We need to be filled up by Jesus to get us to move. Yeah. People who go to a gym on a regular basis or um, trainers in the gym will tell you, you don't always have to do a mad, sweaty, big red face, one or two hour workout to reach your goal. A quick, intense 20 minute workout is just as sufficient as spending hours and hours in the gym. And it's the same with Jesus. We don't have to be on our knees five hours a day every day. But we do need to recognise him every day, acknowledge him every day. When you wake up in the morning, I do this every morning. I don't spend time on my knees. I'm admitting I don't spend time on my knees every single day with Jesus. But the minute I wake up, the alarm goes off, I knock the alarm off, and the first thing out of my mouth is, good morning, Lord. Before I even pull the covers off, it's, good morning, Lord. Thank you that I'm alive. I'm acknowledging Before I even get out of the bed, I'm acknowledging I need him. I need you to get me up. 
Walking down the road, giving thanks to him. Sitting on the bus, giving thanks to him. Sitting in your car, singing your worship songs. Sitting in traffic and just singing praises unto God. That's acknowledging him and spending time with him. That's being refilled by him. Sitting in your car, driving. Lord, fill me up. Fill me up. And he just keeps pouring and pouring. Don't wait until you are struggling or until you are having a really, really tough time before you get back into the training room. Put him first. You see, Paul says, run in such a way that you are running to win. Box with all of your strength to knock out the enemy. Discipline your body to become your slave. Tell yourself, get up, get up and get back into the room. Get back into training with Jesus. Are you going to go training today? Are you going to go training tomorrow? All it takes is a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes, was recognising that we need him, that we can do absolutely nothing without him. It's being like Paul and saying, no, nah, I know I'm tired, but he comes first. I'd rather sit down and watch EastEnders, but here, hang on, I'm going to go into the room for 10 minutes first with Jesus, and then I'll watch EastEnders on catch-up. Look at his ways around it. Life can throw things at you. But hey, we can throw it back and get back into that room. Amen. 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 Amen.